Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. In the age of online retail, buying a car should be no different. That's why Carvana invented a brand new way to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made a purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door. Or you can pick it up from one of their coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy ensuring you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check out the nation's fastest-growing auto retailer at Carvana.com. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey everyone, John Roca here. Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service. Watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV never asks for a credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch free. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. Stay little chico, Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game. So that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. We're going to talk about the newest trailer for Amazon's adaptation of The Boys. And we are going to do some pitching of our own because we learned some very beautiful 90s uh, news this week. And we're going to get into it. Lobo might be getting his own TV show. The Dave Bautista is down to play Bane. Uh, and we're going to get into it. We have no Koi this week. Send love to Koi while he's out of town. He will be back very soon. But in the meantime, I'm joined by John Roca. Hello, everyone. And by my friend Sam Humphreys. Hello. Welcome to Collider What's up, Heroes. Y'all? Thank you for having me. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> you might know Sam Humphreys from DC Daily, where we often talk about things, but you That's more right. likely know him because you have been reading a lot of comics. 
Uh, and you have written a ton of amazing comics. Thank you so much for joining oh, us. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's fun it, to be here. Yeah. Yeah, this set is cool. You've been watching the show, and you said, like, uh, it's been on for a little while. Like, it's been on for forever. Like, I, the fact I, that you've known I, it in existence for all this whole time. Yeah, I mean, the show is a mainstay. Yeah. And I was Aww. like, well, how long has it been? And yeah. it's like, five years. Got yeah. five years. That's amazing. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's fun to get to put that out there. And, yeah. uh, Sam will also be joining me for Giant Size later, so we're going to get deep into things on the podcast. Right. Into his work. And I do have to say a special shout-out to the now full 12 issues of Dial H for Hero. That's yeah. right. Thank you very much. Yes, very excited. Dial H for Hero, uh, originally supposed to be a six-issue limited series, got renewed. We're now doing a full 12. That's great. Very excited for that. Uh, myself and Joe Canones. We're having a really, really good time on this book. Uh, this is unlike any book I've ever done before, and a lot of the credit goes to Joe, who uh, can adopt basically any style I've thrown at him. Yeah, I'm reading the book so insane. far, he's done uh, riffs on Rob Liefeld, riffs oh, wow. on uh, Shade the Changing Man, riffs on Dragon Ball Z. We got some really great surprises coming up in the next issue, issue uh, four. Uh, that I won't spoil here, nice. but they're they're dazzling, they're stunning. So <laughs> I, I'm so glad we get to do more of this. <laughs> okay, so we will get into that. That book is amazing. Mm. Uh, you don't want to miss out. But also coming our way very soon, they're making the boys. They're making a TV adaptation of the Garth Ennis Derek Robertson joint, The Boys. Yes. It is coming to Amazon, and we got a new trailer this week. Oh. What do we think? I love the way that you said that, as if they're actually making the boys. <laughs> that is the right way to look at this. Absolutely. Uh, this, I think, is very deceptive, because you look at it, and you might think, this is a very th- easy superhero story to adapt. It's a bunch of dudes in coats and stuff, and jeans and whatever. But no, this would be a very <laughs> tricky adaptation because of the content. The content... Uh, how should we explain this content? Just how how should we qualify it's it? It's R-rated content. It's yeah. troubling content. Mm-hmm. It's um, are, am I cheering for the heroes or the villains because they're both pretty uh, unsavory characters on both <laughs> sides? There's one protagonist, I guess, a reluctant protagonist. Maybe that's the one you're cooking on to if you haven't read this yet or seen this yet. And the trailer does a good job of kind of showing you the first issue uh, and letting you into what's going to happen. So it's an R-rated trailer for damn sure, but yeah. with its tongue firmly planted in its cheek. And I think this Absolutely. is what the outsiders could have been, uh, and this looks like it might actually get it right. And I'm super surprised, uh, w- and I agree with Amy Stone, that they're actually going to do this, but the cast <laughs> looks great. Oh, my I God. So right. how likable Carl Urban is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because Butcher's not supposed to be likable. Butcher's not supposed to be a likable guy, but if Carl Urban pulls half of what Butcher does in this book, this is going to be an interesting series that people talk about a lot. But who doesn't love Carl Urban? Right, Who exactly. better to put him in this situation because he can pull off the... The scumbaggery, yep. but he's also very lovable and endearing. So yeah. if anybody can pull it off, it's going to be him. So my, I, I watched the trailer for this so we, uh, and am very interested in this. And it's weird. I have a weird take on this because I sort of – I'm separating – like as a critic, it looks like they are nailing this. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, as, as my own personal taste, I don't know if it's going to be for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have loved a lot of Garth Ennis' work in the past. Right. Uh, I, I, I sat down to, I've read the beginning, just the beginning of the comic, um, because I know a lot of the places it eventually goes, because I used to pull this book for people. Ah. Uh, and you boy, see the those covers. covers are memorable, <laughs> let yeah. me tell you. Um, I, 
and it's okay. Like, not yeah. everything is for everybody. I'm still weirdly, like, excited as a Team Comics person that we're looking at this range of material to get adapted. Yes. I mm-hmm. want to see all my favorite indies get adapted. Mm. I want to see all of the unexpected out-of-the-box stuff. And the basic core of this book, the idea of, like, a team of underdogs trying to deal with abuse of power, mm-hmm. like, that's a very strong, relatable premise. It's a there, great premise. There's mm. a lot of comics that have done takes on this, and I have... Heard it sworn by that there is heart in this book, and I can see sort of where it comes. Mm -hmm. There's other stuff that's in just the portions of the book I've read that I'm really curious how they're going to adapt it and whether they're sort of going to keep some of this content but with a critical eye or whether they're just going to do it straight. Yeah, there's a lot of sexual stuff here and in post-Me Too, post-Time's Up. It's going to be fascinating to see how they handle these scenes or these storylines, if they even include them, in the show, how they handle it, because it can get graphic. Now, the showrunner, uh, Eric Kripke from uh, Supernatural, mm. had given a quote some time ago where he said, essentially, some of this material, if it makes it in, uh, what's important is that if we include some of this stuff, that we treat it with gravity and not treat it as a joke. Yeah. But, right. Like you said, the show itself has its tongue firmly in cheek, mm. but that's sort of, uh, if I get a chance to watch the show, what I'm going to be watching to sort of see all right, were you able, if that was your intention, do I feel like you were able to do that? To take seriously the stuff that deserves to be taken seriously while living in a cartoonish violence world, Mm. it's a tough challenge. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, let's all remember, this property got dinged hard Mm -hmm. when it first came out. It was published by Wildstorm, which happened to be a subsidiary of DC Comics, Mm. which uh, did not embrace the kind of extreme content that this comic book was putting out there mm. and actually dumped the book from its roles. And yeah. The book got picked up by Dynamite Comics, uh, which I think was a happy ending for everybody. The publisher didn't want to have to stand by it, didn't have to, but the creators got to do what they wanted to do. I think when they moved to Dynamite, they really felt like the shackles were off. Yeah. That they're at a home where they didn't have to pull back or watch themselves quite the same way. They're really dancing a line at DC, let's be mm. real. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're really pushing the barriers. At Dynamite, they had a home where the, the barriers were, were more or less removed up to a certain point. So uh, it, it's interesting that this is a part of the property's history. So if you are a showrunner, if you are a director, if you're an actor, anybody associated with the show, you have to know going into it that a line has already been drawn around this. Mm. So to speak. And I think, so to speak. <laughs> and I think what's great, too, is that you've got stuff that's top here with this corruption of power type mm-hmm. thing going sure. on, no matter what side of the fence. Relevant. Yeah, on no matter what side of the fence you're on, there's a corruption of power that happens at, with human beings, mm-hmm. and this gets explored. And the question is, are these the right people to do to go and stop this corruption of power? Are they? And so the question you're having with your head as you're watching this or reading this and enjoying this, you're just like, okay, am I? Should I be cheering for this team? <laughs> we'll see, but. I'm I'm looking forward to see what they're able to do with it, but uh, and I will. I, I'm looking for the protests as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious what it will be like uh, because you know already partway into the trailer, I was like, here's a reminder of stuff that like might make this not for me, mm. and then they kind of got me with the the pep talk and the music choice. Right, right after Great that, music I was like, oh, right. okay. Spice Girls mm-hmm. solves everything. Yeah. There's no uh-huh. lie, uh-huh. no lie. If you want to subvert your own machismo of like you are a team called the boys and you have one girl on it and she's called the female, like you've got some work to do to <laughs> get me on board. And the Spice do. Girls might <laughs> more more True. than just Baby Spice can True. help you with that point. Uh, but I think you're right. This is really topical because. 
because when this came out, yeah. what year did the the comic? Originally I think two thousand six. Two thousand six. You know, in the nineties, in the conspiracy theories were about like alien abduction. Right. Right. Now conspiracy theories are woven into our daily lives, mm-hmm. and it's impossible to tell sometimes what is real and what is not. Mm. And people are taking very real, sometimes deadly fatal actions based on these mm. theories. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost as if conspiracy theories have caught up to the boys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, That's not depressing at Frighteningly enough. Damn it, I want to see. I, I'm just. I, I want to make sure that this works. I'm going to do my best. I have a friend of mine who's working on the post production of this. Oh, and cool. I, and I found out about it randomly at a friend's birthday party. He just mentioned this is what he'd been doing. We hadn't seen him in a bit. This is what he's, he's doing. To throw that out there. Yeah, he's yeah, oh, by the way. Right after the birthday cake. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think if and I so I'm going to try and get those episodes ahead of time. But here's the thing to think about. I think and I've been saying this on a number of shows. If the genre is going to survive it has to push the boundaries maybe, maybe uncomfortably so so maybe it might not be your cup of tea which amy which i totally respect and understand but it has to try to push the boundaries and i think this is another step forward logan was that you know this is going to be that i i wonder what we've got coming down the pike that's gonna you know enjoy, uh, get us even further on board with what this a genre can do. It can't just be straight superheroes. It's got to explore the humanity, well, yeah, and, and this is ugly humanity. It might mm-hmm. sound paradoxical to say that I hope stuff like this opens the door for finally doing Sandman. Right? Sure, yeah. Because, right. like, Sandman yeah. also includes violence. It's a very right. different book in a very different way, but, like, to expand people's ideas of what a comic book adaptation means... That's something I'm excited about. Yeah, right. or even what a superhero adaptation is. This is mm-hmm. very different yeah, from Iron Man or Aquaman. Right. And, you know, industry wags like to talk about superhero fatigue or everybody's a superhero <laughs> or blah, blah, blah. When is this going to end? What some of them don't realize is that we've been doing superheroes in comics for a decade. Yeah. Decades. Yeah. So if you go deep into the material and you go to things like boys, you'd be like, look, there are a number of different interpretations of superheroes. It's not mm. all Aquaman. Aquaman right. is great, but it's not all Aquaman. There's tons of different things that you can do within the genre of superheroes. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird because the, the history of those critical takes on superheroes goes back pretty much as far as there have been superhero comics. Absolutely. Like, right. Way to the beginning of the golden age. in the 80s. So mm-hmm. uh, if this one is successful, there's like 700 more where this came from. Absolutely. And maybe yeah. I'll be eating these, like, wish they'd never made that thing. But uh, I don't think so. I think I'm, I'm proud that this is happening. Like, I love that, you know, there are people for whom mm. this book is really important. I'm excited that they are getting clearly a faithful like yes. yeah. adaptation Definitely of their book. Definitely faithful. Looks very uh, faithful. And damn it, Carl Urban. I know, yeah. Carl Urban. So compelling. <laughs> Love you, Carl. <laughs> I mean, from, from the guy in Ragnarok to Judge Dredd, this man, the man has so much incredible range. I know. Star right? Trek. So it's perfect. Well, yeah. Star Trek, yeah. yeah. McCoy in Star Trek oh, is like a great. revelation. Where Absolutely. you're like, how are you doing such a different take that's so, so clearly good. McCoy? Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Damn it, Jim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... Speaking of uh, new takes on familiar mythology, Koi got a chance this week to catch up with a couple of the actors from Sci-Fi's Krypton, which just came back from season two. We're about to hear from Cameron Cuff and Colin Salmon. We're getting characters in this show I never thought we'd see in the big screen, mm. much less a serialized screen. Yeah. Every week I get to like Lobos here, Brainiacs yeah. here. What is going on? When you first saw these characters fully formed, what was the what was the craziest moment of like, guys? Do you, do you are you wearing Doomsday's here today? Like, what was that process yeah. like on set? Well, the cool thing is now it's like Doomsday's practical. Yeah, you know, we, we have we have a CGI Doomsday yeah. when he's in action, he's a CGI, but there's a puppet and it's it's amazing. It yeah. breathes, it emotes, it's huge. <laughs> Doomsday is real, and that's the most <laughs> incredible thing. Like, I remember seeing that puppet yeah. breathe for the first yeah. time, and it's you know it's a it's an animatronic, mm. but it's 
terrifying it really is terrifying yeah and for us like it's something that we're so proud to do this show was devised as a way into the dc cosmic universe mm-hmm. to introduce more characters like brainiac and lobo and adam strange and, and characters like that um so for us to be able to debut these characters and you know particularly brainiac you know we, we took from the jeff johns and gary frank run and that was that was the main inspiration for our brainiac and, and to come up with our interpretation Absolutely. of these characters and, and and do them justice on the screen that it means everything to us and you see blake ritson just just oh yeah loving it and then you see the fx and the makeup department yeah and oh the, gosh yeah the commitment from the whole crew i mean we're the acting department and we take that very seriously we behave and we train and we work and we get to set quick we just are disciplined group because we're working with some of the best in the business so we all have to put our heart and soul into oh, it yeah and then you see Doomsday, hmm. and you I, there's a scene where I have a scene with him without going into too much detail. I ask him a question, which is quite a moving question, and you see his chest move. And it really moved me, actually. Mm. I was like, <clears throat> that's the level we're at, and that's the stuff I'm interested in. Wonderful getting a chance to catch up with those two fantastic actors. They're such um, a delight, aren't they? <laughs> they really yeah. are. Yeah. We uh, that shout out to DC Daily where you can see some more from from those folks. But uh, absolutely, it it has been so neat to get that new take. Where like I think on this show even we were like, mm. what is Krypton going to be? What yeah. is that going to be about? And I certainly didn't see like the most incredible Brainiac makeup of all time. Like oh my god, in my right. and performance. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so uh, cool. So fun stuff all around uh and some more fun stuff that you should be hunting down this week at your local comic book store it's time for the pull list all right comics <laughs> let's do this this has to be my number one this week easily because i'm so fascinated by this usagi Jimbo number one yeah what this number one it's 30 years old and it's right. got a new number one and a new publisher we're gonna get into all this on the podcast next up is excellence number two from image comics a really cool new magical world book you should be checking out rolled and told i've shouted it out here before but now it has its first collection if you are in the dungeons and dragons comic books venn diagram with me you need to know about this book that's the one uh this book you also need to know about because this week's superman year one comes out wow. written by Frank Miller. What? Who? And drawn by John Romita Jr. And, wow. Uh, if, at, like some folks, this wasn't on your radar, you're definitely going to need to, like, I don't know what it's going to be, but I know I'm going to be checking it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, War of the Realms, Journey into Mystery, number five. I keep talking about this book on the pull list, on the giant size, but I don't think I ever actually put it on the pull mm. list. So this mm-hmm. week it's up there. It is written by podcast superstars, and full disclosure, uh, Travis is a friend of mine, the McElroy Brothers, yeah. doing a weird, goofy romp through the Marvel Universe in the corners of the giant crossover going on right now and it wraps up this week and drawn by my old marvel partner andre lima Ararujo. yes oh. we did AI. Together. he's nice. so good he's so good i was on travis's podcast like three years ago mm. and i had no idea with andy with my friend andy bolt and i had no idea this is where he was going to end up but <laughs> like right. he just he just threw out advice for 30 minutes to me about podcasting and all this kind of when i was starting out and i was like so thankful so to see where him and his brother have ended up, and he knew exactly what he was doing. Some people just know. Yeah. And this guy knows. And it's mm-hmm. a, no surprise that he ends up writing comics and doing whatever. It, it, he's just, incredible. They're 
they're a really wonderful, talented, like, yep. family that keeps making stuff together. They have their own D&D adventures that's been turned into comics, and their dad is a big old-school nerd, and somehow that yeah. all, that road led to Marvel. They, Who knows? They have a great, uh, great taste in projects. <laughs> yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Great point. Uh, okay, and then one more shout-out for this week that we cannot go without. Oh, uh, yeah. You all know Jason Inman. You Ooh. love Jason Inman, and you yeah. should be running out to get Super Soldiers. Jason Inman wrote a book, and that book <laughs> is about how comic book characters with military backgrounds reflect on the real-world concerns of military, of service members, mm-hmm. uh, and how, and sort of evaluates whether they live up to those standards in the comics. Mm. Uh, and it, uh, the, I got to read a piece of the preview. It was super fun, yeah. and it is out today. Mine, com- mine comes today. And having yeah. served in the military myself for eight years, I, when Jason told me about this, I have been waiting, counting the days until this was done and published and released. So I, I hope mine is waiting for me in a nice little Amazon package. Yeah. Right well, Jason's <laughs> yeah. the guy to do it. Yeah. He also served in the military. Yes. And having talked with him for years on podcasts, on shows, at cons, at parties, whatever, I mm. always appreciate that point of view of service and sacrifice yeah. that he brings to his, uh, his perception of superheroes and superhero stories. Yeah. I also can't believe he's literally from Kansas. Uh, Jason, <laughs> you're like a person that we made up. I, yeah. Why are you all the superheroes? Congratulations on the book. Everyone Congrats go get that. Congrats to Jason, yes. Uh, but we got some more really fun news this week. Uh, we were just talking about Krypton, and the uh, as Krypton came back for season two, we found out not only that a certain character has made it to the airwaves, but might be getting his own spinoff series, Lobo, a Lobo TV series, maybe in the works. And the same week, uh, someone tweeted at Dave Bautista that he should play Bane in Mm -hmm, Batman, mm -hmm. and he said he is on board. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in honor of all of the 90s icons making it to screens, uh, I wanted to hear first your thoughts on those two pieces of news, and then if you have them, any pitches for who should be next in the 90s renaissance oh, wow. we are having right now. Do I right have now. pitches? Baby, come on. <laughs> I mean, look, the, the ending of uh, season two, episode one of Krypton, where Lobo comes on the screen, that was just, like, made for me. <laughs> I love Lobo. I love the main man. And I am also very... I was ready to be very critical of what they did with Lobo and how he looked and how he sounded and blah, blah, blah. But he was amazing. And we saw him for all of two minutes. <laughs> yeah. But he looked great. Mm. And he that, making him British, I was just like, of course you make him British. That's how you hit. And he had the swagger, too, right off the yeah, bat. Yeah. So I loved it. I loved it. So what's your pitch? My pitch? Your 90s oh my character God. you want to see. I mean, see. all right, so my first pitch... First of twenty would be <laughs> Grifter from the Wildcats. Oh, oh my nice. gosh! Wildstorm, nineties, <laughs> Jim Lee, Brandon okay. Choi. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I love Grifter. I think I, he is one of the greatest characters. Mm. I love the Wildcats. I'm an old school Wildstorm nerd. Hell yeah! Uh, Travis Charest art. Travis Charest art. Read yeah, some exactly. Those. I mean, I have those in a fantastic. box. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Alan Moore, James Robinson, mm-hmm. Joe Casey. They've all written him over the years. Uh, some fantastic artists over the years. Um, but he, I, I think, is a character who's ready to explode in 2019, 2020. Mm. I just think a character like that is the kind of character we need right now. And I think that one of the things that I love about him is that he's uh, world-weary. Mm. He's world-weary. He's a killer. But he just is never quite sure if he should just take that one more that that one last job should I, should I take one more <laughs> job and what convinces him to get out there and do the thing. Actually, the movie that made me really long to see Grifter on screen was that movie, The Good Guys. Oh yeah, yeah, good movie. Yes, 
fantastic movie, but you have that kind of style, mm. that kind of swagger, and that kind of compromised protagonist. Yeah. Uh, I think you'd have a fantastic Grifter movie. All right. John, All right. what do you think of the... A, I love the, the fact that Lobo is going to get a spinoff. This would be interesting to watch if they make it work, because they're just in development right now, right. writing series. Early and days. They're early days. They, they're going to negotiate with the actor who's playing this if they go forward with it, so hopefully mm-hmm. they do. I love that. Uh, Bane... <laughs> has never been done well, in my opinion, mm-hmm. on screen. Mm-hmm. So I would like, and I, no, no disrespect to Tom Hardy, but sure. too many people made fun of that voice. Plus, he's Latino. So uh, I'd like that to see gotta, a Batista that. respect, even though Batista's not Latino, he's Filipino. I'm mm. still, it's close enough. And so I'm okay <laughs> with it. And I love Dave as an actor. So Dave being a part of the Batman as this character would be fantastic. My pitch also, image because image are my babies. Like I, they came out <laughs> when I was looking for something new yeah. at that age. So like Savage Dragon, give me Ooh, some Savage Dragon. Sure. Give me some Death Blow. Give mm-hmm. me Stormwatch. I loved Stormwatch. I would love to see a team of that and what they encountered. They were unfairly uh, ended. And for God's sakes, can we blow some dust off and pick and, and bury the bone? I mean, uh, on uh, whatever you call it, uh, exhume, exhume, exhume. Exhume. the bones of Gen thirteen. For ah, God's yes. sakes, mm-hmm. Gen 13 was fantastic. Rainmaker way ahead of her time. Right? And yeah. they made a mistake of that movie, and it never saw the light of day, really. And so I Wait, would like to see... they made a Gen 13 movie? Yes. Made it was, for TV It was made for TV, made and for then TV it was buried. Movie. And yeah. then it was buried. They buried it. <coughs> so, I just learned this. <laughs> uh, yeah, you should find this. Uh, I think Gen 13 definitely deserves a, uh, a, but, a, you know, a thing. I, I love that you mentioned those two teams, because... Mm. Wildcats, Stormwatch, yep. Gen 13, and The Authority, those are the four the authority. pillars of the Wildstorm universe. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, if you can nail those four concepts, you have a whole universe. Image is a whole thing you can explore. Absolutely. There's a whole other world. Mm-hmm. You, you give me Liefeld, you give me all these other... Okay, let's go into Image. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the publishing history side of that is all fascinating because a lot of mm. them started an Image and then branched off. Wildstorm right. became its own thing, then Wildstorm became part of DC. Mm-hmm. And now Jim Lee like runs that place. So yeah. I feel all like right. he should have some pull here. And look, who was just named... Uh, a publisher of Marvel Comics, but John Nee, who used to run Wildstorm with go. Jim Lee. Yep. Wildstorm, they're the upstarts, they're it's kicking against the industry, and now Wildstorm literally runs comics. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And don't get me started on the Max. Let's move on. Oh, I, I love the Max. I, I love, love the, the Max. Max. And that MTV thing they did with him was great, the animated oh, thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- those are our picks for, for 90s. Bring on more of the icons. I'm, I'm on Team Gen 13 as well. Uh, so good. It was, I, I'd love to see updates on that. Like I, I remember one of my favorite series back then was, uh, was the spinoff that they did with Roxy, Magical Girl Roxy. Oh, yeah. It oh, yeah. was uh, squarely aimed at like oh. the me audience that was getting into comics but also reading a ton of manga. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'd be very interested to see what the, the 2019 versions of those characters are. Yes. Like, is grunge still grunge or is he like whatever the 2019 version of grunge is? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's crazy because uh, you can either update him to be like you know trap music or whatever or uh you could just be like you know what it's dated and if we update him he'll always end up being dated eventually yeah so you know let it come back and let grunge be hip again you yeah. know what i mean What's wrong uh with that? you know people wear nirvana t-shirts these days hell yeah <laughs> it can be hip it's i right. carol danvers yeah. put it back in the zeitgeist exactly. so the grunge can be adapted exactly. for 2019 i see exactly. ripped jeans all the time yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's do it <laughs> 
All right, we have so much more to talk about, which we're going to get into on Giant Size Heroes this week. Yes. Look out, Sam Humphreys is our very first Giant Size special guest. Thank you very much. I'm um, excited. We have some of your questions about his books to get into, Ooh. all of the news from this week. Hard-hitting questions, I know. Some real gotcha questions. <laughs> yeah, you, you think yeah. this is going to be fun, but it's, I've got some surprises for you now. Uh, and then, of course, eventually, uh, I'm giving it some time so everybody can get caught up, but obviously... Jessica Jones and the end of the Marvel Netflix verse. Uh, as long as we don't finish it, it's not over. Right? right? That's I right. guess. That's yeah. how that mm-hmm. works. Mm. Just watch one episode a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for watching Collider Heroes. Thank you, John, my thank special you. guest. And uh, thank you, Sam Humphreys. Thank Where can people you all find for you? having thank me. You, I really appreciate it. This is awesome. great. Where can people find you on the internet? Oh, my God. Uh, on Twitter, I am at, at Sam Humphreys. Uh, on Instagram, you can find me at Sam Humphreys. And you can't find me on Facebook. I'm not there. <laughs> He's the hammer. Hammer. That's right, Sam, the Hammer Humphreys. <laughs> we'll get into represent. I think we'll have to get into all of that because I don't think I know the secret origin of that nickname. Oh my god, well, it's a great place to get because I got that nickname on a podcast. Oh, here so we, we go. Talk about it on a podcast. Heck yeah! See yeah. you soon. See you next week when Coy is back with us. Thanks for watching, and until next week, stay sweaty. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.